Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 166. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it's great to be with you again. It's a gorgeous sunny day here in the Midwest, and we have been listening to a lot of rock music on the office stereo. One album in particular that we keep coming back to is the one created by today's guest, Tyler Bryant of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, whose new album, Truth and Lies, arrives in stores this Friday, June 28th. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Tyler Bryant, that's okay. He's been on the come up for a while now. 2019 actually marks 10 years of Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, and in that time, the group has released three albums, the third being the one coming this Friday, and they have toured alongside pretty much every major band in rock and roll. Guns N' Roses, they've opened for them. Foo Fighters, they've played alongside them. Aerosmith, Aerosmith even went out of their way to say that they love Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. This is a band that is on the lips of every major rock icon that we have left on this planet, and they deserve to be on yours because they do that perfect blend of classic rock stylings, southern rock dirtiness, and just enough of the blues to keep you swaying your hips. Tyler is an incredibly intelligent individual and somebody that I have known at least tangentially for the better part of the last decade. On today's show, he's going to tell us about Truth and Lies, as well as the hassles of the press cycle for this record and the records that came previously, and whether or not you can actually have what they're calling what you would call a moment in rock music today. Tyler's an interesting case because he's been around for so long that he is constantly being talked about as being the next big thing, but in his mind, he's already made it. He's already reached his dream, and now it's about maintaining. It's about keeping a public profile. It's about continuing to push out great music. So we talk about all that and much more, including his writing process and his plans for the future, all in this episode. But I do want to tell you a few quick things right up front. Number one, first and foremost, this episode of Inside Music is brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading promotional distribution company. And what that means is that Holix works with record labels, publicists, managers, and independent artists from all over the world to share new and unreleased music with members of the media. To learn how they do this and gain access to a free 30-day trial, visit holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. When you get there, click the sign-up button in the corner, and you will be able to pick any plan that works for you. If you don't like the service, cancel by the end of that first month, and you will never be charged. So again, that's holix.com, H-A-U-L-I-X.com. Now, you should also be following Holics on Twitter because that's where you can learn about this show as well as videos for our YouTube channel, Music Biz, and much more. That's just at Holics, H-A-U-L-I-X. You're probably getting sick of me spelling it, but it's kind of tricky, so I had to say it one more time. That's Holics, H-A-U-L-I-X. Now, that's all that I have this week, but please take care of yourselves. I know the 4th of July is coming up here in the States, and no matter where you are, make sure you wear sunscreen, drink plenty of water, and above all else, Rock out to Truth and Lies, the brand new album from Tyler Bryant and The Shakedown. Now, I think that's enough promotional plugs, so just sit back right now, relax, ignore work, focus on the road of your driving, just take some time and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Tyler Bryant. doing well man how are you today man all is all is great now you just got back from london correct 
Yeah, we just got back from a gnarly press trip, actually. We did. Uh, we were in Paris, France for a day and a half and had 35 interviews there and then about 20 more in London. And now we're home and gearing up to throw this album out into the world. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to an interview you did with someone over there, a podcast called The Guitar Channel. It was, it was pretty good. Oh, cool. You can't tell that you're in the middle of like 35 interviews. Oh, that's good. That's good. That means it was probably like fresh after a pot of coffee or something. Yeah, how are those press days treating you? It has to be quite the experience to have the same conversation more or less 20 to 30 times in a row. My biggest problem with it is the whole time you're talking about music and you don't get to play any music. So, I mean, the first the first day in Paris was super cool because at the end of the day, I got to go play with the uh, government mule. I got to go sit in with them, and that was awesome. Um, I'm a huge Warren Haynes fan, but you know, most of the time I, I prefer to do just a, uh, like a handful of interviews before a show because then you get to talk about you know your record or the songs or whatever, and then you actually get to go play the songs. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I actually go back uh, pretty far with you because I used to work at a little company you might remember called Our Stage. Oh my God! Yeah, wow. yeah. There's a flashback moment, right? Um, yeah, that's a total flashback. I know that we uh, we I believe we maybe even slept at the R stage office at one point. Yeah, on the road. When I I, I worked there, um, the company kind of fell into disrepair after a while. But when I started there, everyone was talking about this band Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown. And every time we had like a contest or something, Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown came up all the time. And then I left the company and got a different job. And then I started to get press releases, and I was like, "Man, they they made it through. They're still going strong." <laughs> Yeah, we've uh, we've been pretty relentless over the years. Well, I think that you're one of those fantastic acts that people keep discovering. Like, I feel like every time you guys put out a new record, or when you get a chance to open for someone big on tour, there's like this fresh wave of like people discovering Tyler Bryan and the Shakedown. And I don't feel like a lot of other artists get that opportunity to be constantly discovered. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's sort of a thing that I I feel like I I I get you know, asked and impressed, especially in, in other countries where it's like, well, what are you, what are you going to do if this, you know, if this record isn't the biggest hit of all time? It's like, well, we're going to keep doing what we always do, which is writing songs and playing shows, you know, that's kind of the, the career that we've, you know, wanted to build from the, from the beginning was just one where we could make music, release records and tour and, and support ourselves. And we've, we've been, you know, I mean, as you know, you've, you've been, kind of hip to the band for a long time it's it's all it's all about the live show and building fans uh from the ground up like grassroots because that's the, that's the, for me that's the, the best way to, to have longevity in this business yeah exactly i feel like a lot of people spend time especially talking to artists at your point where they're like well what's the dream from here and most often i, I feel like the dream is to keep doing what you're doing right now maybe to more success at some point but like You've got it. You just got to find a way to hold on to it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, that's kind of like the, a lot of the things that we, whenever we, we kind of, we, I, I don't know, like our, our goal whenever, you know, we were sleeping at the R stage office, which was more than likely to have a tour bus. And then, you know, we find ourselves in these situations sometimes where it's like, okay, cool. We just left our tour bus at the airport and uh, and then we're hopping on Guns N' Roses jet with them, like, whoa, you know, it's like, whenever you just, whenever you kind of keep your nose to the grindstone, sometimes you can, you know, like, surpass what you had dreamt about, 
you know, with that said, we still do van tours and get out there and do whatever we got to do to, to make it work, you know? Something that I really admire about your creative output is that I feel like there, there's something that I, I feel a kinship to in what you do because I, I've heard from different interviews that you are a person that likes to, you like to kind of create in a quick manner. Like if you have an idea in your head, you have to get it out and you move on to the next thing. You're not somebody that's like, we spent uh, two years writing 12 songs. You're like, we spent two years and wrote 100 songs. Yeah. No, I mean, I really, I really respect that about like guys like Leonard Dolan, you know, with Hallelujah, where it took two years, but like, my my attention span just isn't that, you know? And I, I was just talking to uh, someone earlier where it's like, man, you know, if I, and I know that everyone's different and that's, what's cool about, you know, creating things is there's no, not a right or wrong way. But for me, if I, if I have all these roadblocks up, like, Oh, well, we have to be done by five or, Oh, if we had, we were writing for this. So it has to be this and this and this and, or, oh, we don't want to do that because we already did something like that. Then, then you're standing there and you're all of a sudden, you, it's like a, you have all these rules, you know, or it's like, you, you know, you're stuck in a box and that's no fun. And that's not what rock and roll and music is about to me. It's just about kind of being free and in the moment. And my favorite, my favorite songs, you know, on the, on the new record are songs like Ride or Out There or Shape I'm In or Drive Me Mad, which, you know, are unwritten and you know, less than, less than an hour, really, you know, some of them, some of them less than half an hour. And then you go back and you, and you tighten them up if they have the potential. Well, it's working out for you, man, because shock and all the record in question is really great. I think it's, it's the strongest collection of material you guys have put out in my opinion. Anyways, cool. I, hopefully it's your opinion as well. I mean, it's your new record. Yeah, no, it's my it's my favorite one yet. Um, I, I, there's some songs on there that I'm just so proud of. I'm really like all all the songs. There's, you know, someone someone asked me in an interview the other day, and they said, "Is there any song that's personal to you on the album?" And I was like, "Yeah, uh, all of them. <laughs> you know, they're all really really important to me." Um, so I'm I'm really excited for fans to get it and sink their teeth into it a little bit. Absolutely is. Do you look at your albums as a progression of like one idea or is each thing kind of a standalone work of art? Cause you strike me as a guy that isn't necessarily chasing perfection, but again, just kind of keep pushing and keep going as far as you can. So do they serve as standalone releases to you or is this just, is it an experience and you're just giving us new material? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think I, I think I chased perfection a lot more early on, you know, like before the, before the wild child record, um, like back in the like our stage days that like that we made that record twice uh in the first the first time it was horrible because it was so perfect and we were like what's wrong with this you know and then we ended up making the the version that got released in a matter of weeks um and the same thing with this record this was recorded in two and a half weeks um so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on the album that when we left brooklyn i was going this is that could have been better. Oh, we should have, we should have done this. And, and like the stuff that I was thinking was not perfect is that those, those sort of artifacts, those human artifacts have become my favorite things about the record, you know, just from stepping away and, and kind of getting fresh perspective. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. This, this sounds like the shakedown because we didn't overanalyze it to death. Um, but yeah, there's not really a theme 
behind the record. It's not like, uh, you know, everything is related to, you know, one, one particular theme. It's just kind of a snapshot of where we're at right in the moment right now. Can you tell me a little bit about the cover art for Shock and All? It reminds me of a painting called The Lovers. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's what I see when I see that cover, and especially the video where you kind of interpolate the art a little bit. So what are you? where did that come from for you? Well, yeah, so it's actually we um, – I didn't find out about that painting until someone brought it up to me. Um, someone someone posted on our, our Facebook page or something uh, and, and then Caleb sent it to me and was like, have you ever seen this painting? And I was like, no, that's actually super sick. Um, we, we found out about this artist named Miss White, Mrs. White from Germany and, and fell in love with just her work and kind of made up our minds that we wanted to use uh, a piece of her art as the album cover. And then once we named the album truth and lies well it kind of it kind of i don't know which one came first because they sort of happened at the same time because we were kind of kicking around that idea um for the album title and we were also kind of kicking around a few other things but to me this this image um kind of represents some of the the more like um positive elements of the album and some more of the darker elements of the album. And then there's the radio right between. So it's like the music is the thing tying together all of these different emotions and uh, sort of the push and pull, you know, of, of, you know, uh, the darkness and the light. And I love, I love that. And so I I did, what I did was I I pulled the, the image up really, really big on my computer and I listened to the whole album and, with each song, my imagination was just kind of going to different places. And I was like, you know what, who knows if any, any kid will ever do this, but here's, they've got the opportunity if they want to. (laughs) I think that that's the best way to approach it. And I feel like I appreciate that you took on the idea of listening to the record with the artwork to kind of make sure it works. Cause I feel like even though a lot of aspects of the traditional industry are going away, I think album art still matters. And sometimes bands overlook that because they don't think people are looking at their phones while they're streaming or smart speakers or whatever it happens to be. But I, I appreciate that you still give a damn about it. Well, I, I also just don't think that that like listeners are given enough credit sometimes by the industry because it's like, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've heard, oh, you, we need to use a photo of the band because, you know, you guys are a good-looking band and we need to sell it. It's like, dude, come on. Like, people, if if they like our music, they can go and, like, figure... You can go to Google and figure out what anybody in the world looks like. Like, let's let's just let it be about, you know, art for a minute. And we've we've always kind of... You know, we've had different, different ideas of, of what it what that meant in the, in the past. Um, but to us, this, this just felt like it represented, you know, the, the album and the songs that are on it. I want to talk briefly about your, uh, your love and affection for the blues. I, I know that I was listening to another interview recently where you talked about kind of listening to a lot of the Mississippi blues masters recently. And I feel like a lot of people who aren't that ingrained in the blues don't realize that it is a, it can be a regional thing in that way. You have different artists from different States, different sounds. What is it specifically about the Mississippi blues that has kind of been attracting you recently? Oh man. Well, you know, we, we spent, uh, before wild child, 
one of the albums that we made that never came out um, that led us to the, the our first full-length album. We, we spent three months in Oxford, Mississippi. And so when I was down there, I, you know, I, I went to this, this record shop and I got hip to all of the Fat Possum records, like the R.L. Burnside stuff and, you know, got hip to Junior Kimbrough and like these guys that are, that just make the coolest music and it's grungy and it sounds like it's recorded in a juke joint because, you know, nine times out of 10 it is. And, uh, and so I, I just kind of, I, I was really listening to a lot of R.L. Burnside and that's where songs like Ride come from, you know? It's just, I, I love that style of, of guitar playing. Absolutely, man. Well, let's talk about what you have going on in the coming weeks. So you guys have, uh, what is it, one more show with Blackstone Cherry this weekend, and then uh, you start a new tour at the top of July, right? Yeah, uh, we're actually done. We finished the tour. They're, they're still on tour, but we're, we're done um, with them. And then we're, we're doing the... Um, we're doing our album release show in Nashville, which we're going to play the record top to bottom, and then get to then get to the song from other records, and then we're going doing a co-headline tour with the Temperance Movement in July, which will be really cool. I'm excited to uh, get to know those guys and roll with them. It'll be our first time to tour together, and uh, then we're going to uh, we're making plans to get back to Europe. So basically, you're just on the road until 2020 and beyond. Yeah, we're on the road until it's time to make another record. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard way to live, man, but it seems like you make it work for yourself. Yeah, you know, I love it. I've been, I've been gradually over the years, um, you know, working towards uh, building a life here in Nashville, Tennessee, and, you know, just um, kind of, but, it, but, you know, it's what I do. It's, I, I approach it like a... You know, like like it's my job. You know, my I come from a very blue collar family. My dad just retired from a factory that he worked in for thirty five years, and has another job on the side. And my mom has two jobs. And you know, I never I never heard either one of them complain about working. So I'm sure as hell not going to complain about getting to play music for a living. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm glad that it's been going so well for you, man. I, I appreciate anyone that's able to stick with it. I, I'm a firm believer that if you are real passionate about this this music thing, that as long as you stick with it and you keep your head down, kind of like you said, you look up one day and you're like, oh, I'm doing it. Like you spend so much time being like, when will we make it? When will I be doing it? And then you realize you've been doing it for a long time and you're just you're still yourself and you just got to keep going. Yeah, that's what I would, that's what I tell kids who ask me, like, what's the like, what's the trick, man? And it's like, well, if you want to get fed, you got to show up to the table. You know, you just got to eventually, eventually, you know, the underdog gets a win and, and you kind of, you can't get discouraged because, you know, you may have five doors slammed in your face, but then the one that opens could be cooler than all five of them. You know, we went through like whenever the wayside was written, man, we, we, I think that year we had 12 shows. We could not even pay people to let us play. And then the next year we did, you know, well over 200 shows and, you know, <laughs> half of them were in arenas and stadiums. So it just goes to show like you have to, if, if anything, like I hope that we're inspiring to the, the, you know, to young rockers because it's like, shit, if I can do it and then surely, some, you know, anyone can, but just, you just got to be willing to get your hands dirty. 
Well, I think that's a perfect place to cap this off. So the record comes out June 28th. I'm correct on that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, via Snake Farm Records, and uh, people can pre-order it right now. This will be out before the 28th. And then you're on tour. You're actually in Detroit. I have this show. I'm, I'm based in Michigan. So the Detroit show is on the 7th at the Shelter in St. Andrews, the iconic shelter venue. It's going to be a sick venue to play a show at. And uh, yeah. people can see you all over the country. You guys are doing Ride Fest next month. It has a great lineup. And uh, then I'm sure more tour dates will roll out soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, come hang with us when we're in the hood. <laughs> All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you so much for taking the time. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye.